0: Well, hey, everybody, and Roman. Um, I just, I think maybe in, maybe instead of a goofy, goofy intro, I just wanted to say that, Roman, uh, in the last couple of days, we got a couple emails, because, like, the last Batman in Quarantine episode that went up had an error, and it's, uh, you put a bunch of podcasts up, you have to make a little bunch of little changes, and uh, sometimes you forget one or something goes wrong, and a podcast doesn't work, and on Monday... I got like an email and a text from two of our awesome listeners who were just like, Hey Jeff, I think something's wrong on the upload. And I was like, we have the best crew of people listening to this podcast at this point. And I'm just incredibly grateful for it. And I'm not at all surprised that Batman fans are wonderful and subsect Grant Morrison fans are wonderful, but it surprises me even still. And then we got an email from a new listener who was talking about really enjoying the podcast, also a Chris, um, Chris Buquette, if I had to guess, um, but it might be also poorly spelled there. But he, And he also just mentioned like, hey, also in the resurrection of Ra's al Ghul, there's a weird thing where like 31 minutes in, it loops three or four minutes of the audio, which If that only happens once, awesome, (laughs) because we're doing so many of these. But it was just really, really cool to get nice, positive people who are giving us feedback and then also just like reaching out to help us in this sort of ridiculous effort we're trying to do of get all this stuff out in a timely manner. So I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone for keeping an eye out on things going wrong and then reaching out when they do seem to not be working super well. It's just... Really cool, and I'm really grateful. We would be doing this alone anyway because we like talking to each other and reading this book, but it is even more special that there's just like this active group of people who uh, feel a part of it and are a part of it and want to help. And just like seriously, a deep, deep uh, thank you to everyone listening, everyone who's written emails and uh, takes time out of their day to help correct errors when they happen. I can't say they won't keep happening because I move quick, but it, it, I really appreciate um everyone's help so don't don't stop and we won't stop either wow yeah that that's really cool that is really nice plus the fact that
1: they're so nice about it and i know right it it, it is is stuff like you freaking idiots (laughs) right
0: you learn how to do a podcast well those are all the people who are not writing emails in they're just a bunch of people (laughs) who are like i'm out fuck this they can't do this right three minutes of audio loop i'm done And so here we are. It's Batman in Quarantine, episode 47. It's Return of Bruce Wayne, number four. It's Grant Morrison. It's George Jaunty. J- Jant, Jen, Jen, you know, it's yeah, George. No. Yeah, George. Yeah, George. Uh, it, it is worth, gosh, so George Jaunty, I had first seen them. They did the art in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer season eight comic book. And all the covers for that comic book were awesome. I remember getting into the interior art and just being like, oh, it's pretty good, but it doesn't really look exactly like the characters in the TV show. It also doesn't quite sound like them. So I never read too much of that. I think this issue is phenomenal. It was sort of a, a quicker one-dimensional read on my first go-through. And then when I started kind of getting into the the discussions around it and my own second read through of it and reading some annotations there's stuff that i just did not get on my first read through here so i'm excited to talk about it but i do think that in the grand scheme of artist collaborations in this grant morrison batman run this one i think struggles a little bit from being uh, i th- i i think it's probably pretty hard to convey a grant morrison script perfectly And we made those complaints pretty clear in our final crisis episode. And I don't want to be negative because I've never drawn a comic and I think it's really, really hard, but I do think that there is some serious (laughs) stuff that gets uh, dropped in this issue because of art stuff. What did you think? I concur my
1: friend. Mm, Um, friendship, Friendship. Yeah. This, this issue. And like you say, you know, I, I, I can, I can barely draw a stick figure. So, you know, but yeah the art on this one it for me it's it's not it's well it's not as disappointing as say the art in that one issue of batman where they're on top of a building but then they're in an alley you don't really know i forget who that artist was it was the
0: philip tan stuff
1: maybe it was Yeah, Yeah. when batman and red hood or something were fighting Um, it
0: was it was months and months ago
1: (laughs) yeah 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 um but yeah there's definitely stuff in here that gets dropped there's inconsistent faces and facial hair mutton chops that disappear and you're like wait is that vandal savage is supposed to be
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and you know i i Django, it, it often describes grant morrison as like um I, having a hard time with transitions between things like drops like weird information that's not shown and and i definitely wouldn't say he's wrong um but I definitely think those things increase in frequency when you get um, a a quicker artist uh, relationship, one that's maybe not super rooted in a lot of conversation that's happened. So yeah, I I was thinking about Django's comments of just like, all right, well, where did that happen in the page as I was reading this one? And I I think that it's a very valid thing. So in this issue, I was kind of interested in maybe instead of doing a quick broad stroke summary of the issue, just going through Page by page, because I think there's a lot of stuff in here. I also learned some pretty important Bat Canon stuff while reading this, so I'm excited to get into it. So Roman, this issue starts. The first two or three pages are a scene of a gang of cowboy baddies. You know, cow cow baddies. <laughs> or maybe anyway. Um, I know what you're trying for. Yeah. Thank uh-huh. you. <laughs> They're g- going out to a farm and taking down the people that live there. It, they murder a daughter or son. That gender's a little confusing. Um, they murder the father. He, they hang him. There's that great line of "Daddy's too busy jigging to give a damn about you, Candy Apple," which reminded me of a Roman saying, just on page one there. <laughs> yeah,
1: sorry, sorry. I, I was. Saying, I, I I think that's. A, I think that's her son, the youngest, the youngest kid.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it is a boy, and then there's an older sister. Um, yeah. But this this crew uh, is ultimately trying to steal the bat box that we've seen throughout this series and in Batman and Robin. And they do manage to steal it and murder some of this family. And they take the eldest daughter with them to have her help open the box. And then this scene, first four pages, closes with her crying, mourning the loss of her son. And she's praying, if only for my dear daughter's sake, send me a miracle salvation, uh, an angel of retribution. And that's when Bruce shows up in cowboy Batman figure, continuing this motif of Batman showing up to Gothamites who need him. Man, I I wish I could do the, uh, I I don't know how to whistle, so I can't do the. um, Yeah. (laughs) I can't either. And you know what? I'm glad that you couldn't because I think that it's very bad in microphones. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, oh, yeah,
0: of course, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I, you know, I do have to... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean not to interrupt your flow here. No, but this I'm, is our but flow. I'm going to do yeah. it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, this opening scene, I mean, I had problems with the art, but I like the way that uh, it's such a classic Western setup, and I like the way that kind of it, it, in a lot of the panels during this sequence, you see the father, you see his legs still kicking as he's yeah. slowly strangling to death from being hung. Um, but they're not the focus of the panel. They're just, you see, uh, he's still. He, God, this poor guy. <laughs> it really, it really helps drive
0: home the, the horror of what's going on. And furthermore, in the in the scene where it's kind of a, a shot of the farm burning and the silhouette of the tree, it's got them laughing, ha 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 ha, as it's yeah. going away. Which again, I think, kind of harkens to that Joker, menacing, mm-hmm. sadistic opposition to batman that is ever present you know that he who finds glee in pain um which i think is yeah. interesting and i don't mean to say that the art is bad i just think it's um it's, it's not
1: yeah it's not bad but i did i was wondering was um jaunty how are you say his last yeah. name was uh i wonder if he was a fill-in artist or something because it to me it kind of has a feel like wow this feels like a rush job
0: yeah and and you know i i think that the artist collaborations for the most part throughout all of this batman run are pretty incredible you know the the beginning of it i wasn't always on board with just like the original batman stuff you know i think he gets to pick and do some really great ones but yeah i'm not sure if he picked this one or if it was like well we're gonna need another artist and i've picked my favorites dc editorial find me a new one um, but it's it's mostly just that it feels like there is a conversation between Morrison and Jaunty that's missing. Just that like maybe uh, George yeah. isn't didn't fully understand some of the small things that needed to be added in there.
1: Yeah, though there is a small thing on the very first page that's my favorite in the issue artistically. Um, they've, they've they've of course as classic bad guy western style. They've killed the dog. Um,
0: I hate animals in pain. The older I get.
1: Yeah yeah um but the, but it's great how th- the blood puddle from the dog there's an apple falling toward it from the tree the dad is hanging in and then there's a close up panel of that apple hitting hitting the blood pool and there's uh, also a reflection of the dad's kicking legs as the girl as the the girl is screaming daddy that's a great panel
0: (laughs) it's it's a great progression because the panel to the left of it is the one where he says daddy's too busy jigging so like it it really brings that visual motif home and it's a bummer so we have you know batman the dark cowboy and i like you said each of these issues really is a play on genre and i Mm -hmm. think it's really beautiful how effective he is able to put all like batman in all of these different genres grant morrison talks about how batman is one of the best ideas of all time and that's how it will live forever is because it's a pure idea that inspires other ideas and i think to that end a great idea like that can be packaged in a lot of different wrappings and, and i think it's just fun to have gotten to play with these and just like you said it's so perfectly western in this
1: yeah, the rain throughout. I mean, I love. I do. I, I do. I do love the way that uh, the artist draws rain on
0: hat brims. Yeah, <laughs> his hat yeah. brims are great. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Right, the the bouncing up of rain on every surface. I didn't actually notice that. That's really good. We then go to Gotham City proper of the time. So it's looking like I don't know if you played Red Dead Redemption Two last year or what, but it looks like you know. towns of the era wooden roads horses buildings with those cool large signs on the top of them and just wooden decks in front of it uh what is roman make me sound less like an idiot (laughs)
1: um that that yeah the
0: wood i yeah the wooden sidewalks all of that the um whatever towns were referred to at, at this time
1: no town. Town works. Town okay, works. Okay, I'll, take it. I'll
0: take it. And yeah, it looks like it's just uh,
1: dirt and maybe some, maybe some stones in the in the streets. But the street town not been. Uh, been. Here's a historical term for you. The term the street town even been uh, platted, which is oh. when they when they when they lay down the the solid wood all up and down the street, so it does so it you know covers the mud and you know
0: just end up with a mess most of the year. If you could just slowly say things like that to undo my clear ignorance, uh, that would be very, very good. Say more things like platted when the opportunity arises. (laughs) The scene of Gotham is the point of it is to show Vandal Savage ultimately, who has hired his gang has hired um, Jonah Hex to hunt down Bruce Wayne, Batman, Dark Cowboy because he is chasing after the people that well, he killed, you know, some of their men. So now he's hired Jonah Hex, the greatest bounty hunter, to take him down. And we sort of get that bit of exposition as um, Vandal Savage is experiencing taking uh, laudanum, which is, you know, dope. It's it's mm-hmm. heroin, it's, it's whatever, it's, it's a painkiller, because he's experiencing cancer of the gut. But as, as he's explaining that, we have a Native American come and I forget his name... Um, but Mid- midnight horse there you go midnight horse comes out of this room and is expressing that you know i didn't realize that this was going to be having something to do with the bat people expressing you know clarifying that he's not one of the Miyagani people but he is aware of that but as we're in this room we learn some key bits of information which is that vandal savage is, is back and i think it's interesting because you know in issue one of return of bruce wayne i think that i maybe ignorantly just brought up like man it's weird that they didn't use more vandal savage in this series because he's timeless he could have been a constant character Mm -hmm. but he was in this issue he was in issue three with uh the pirate he was the blackbeard oh right right right. and then in this one he's he's this guy so he really has been a through line character throughout it which
1: yeah uh, in this one they're even he's even using the well the french a kind of uh Oh man! Now I'm gonna sound down the, the Frenchified yeah. version of uh, of his name because they call him. Uh, well, I love how the one, ca- the one cowboy, the thug is is like Monsieur Savage. savage. Um,
0: I do like also then the tying of real in history where he says, "If you knew how that dwarf Bonaparte betrayed me, you know, like tying a reference to Napoleon uh, in there." I, I think he, I, I do love when it sort of crosses with realistic time frames you know
1: yeah yeah and later later uh i think savage refers to or somebody refers to um oh yeah hanging out with jefferson and you know yeah. the old the old legends myths who knows about jefferson being involved
0: in some occult stuff well so when we get to that page that's important and we have to talk about that so don't forget yeah us getting past that page because okay. some, some shit happens there. But as this conversation is happening and we're able to sort of assume that the room that Midnight Horse has just walked out of has the woman that was kidnapped in it and he's trying to get information about the end of the world box, as he refers to it. So he, through affiliation with the Miyagani, awareness of them, has this idea that, you know, you open that box, it's the end of the world. So even yeah. these tales are told to them. But as this is happening, the the, the bat rider Shows up outside of this building. And there's security guards, you know, for all intents and purposes for that time. That he dispatches as they're trying to say, "Get out of here, boy."
1: Um, <laughs> and I love the fact he just, he doesn't he still doesn't carry a gun. He's he's just got uh kind, kind of eight, 18, <laughs> 1870s version of Batarangs. right, right. That he sticks in their gun arms.
0: <laughs> I do think that the character design for the Bat Rider is great. And I don't want to take yeah. anything away from George Jonti because it could have all been his design, but it also harkens, it makes me think of like a journal entry that Morrison would have done, like with his sketches, he's always drawn character designs for things and I could see that on there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and, and it looks, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe this isn't purposeful, maybe this is just the way you put somebody in black in a Western outfit, they're going to look like Zorro. But yeah. it looks a, looks a lot like Zorro.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And I think another point is, I think that these first couple panels with Savage here, he's drawn as like a sympathetic character. So as my first read through of this, I missed so much, you know, years ago when I read it, even the idea that this is Vandal Savage or that this is a bad guy, right? Like as he's pouring mm. the laudanum, right. he he looks sad, he looks sympathetic in a way that doesn't immediately tell me that I need to not like him like he's drawn right after, you know, Bruce has taken out those security guards when we go back into the office and uh, Midnight Horse is saying like, oh no, you hear that? That's no ordinary man. He's come for the box. And that's when we start to see the more uh, malevolent Savage. Yeah, I think when I first read
1: this and as they're taking Hex into the, into Savage's office, um, and they say Mansour Savage, at first, I think I thought that, oh, must be some relative of Vandal Savage. Yeah. I didn't realize until the scene you described that, oh, no, it actually is Vandal Savage.
0: So they're starting to get scared in this room, and Vandal Savage is starting to become more malevolent as, you know, what he needs uh, becomes more evident or what he, you know, wants. He's just still sipping that laudanum, so I just love that he's in this, like, progressively more dope haze. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love his. I love his line at the end of the page five thirty three, where he's just like, "Oh, but that box would be done. The end of the world can only come as a relief."
0: Right, right. <laughs> but the most telling thing is, and a thing I missed entirely on my original read through the series is when we go into the room that they that Midnight Horse has been around, and they're sort of talking about immortality. They, Thomas Wayne is in there. the The Satanist Thomas <laughs> Wayne is in there, and he is. Yeah. Torturing this woman, trying to get information from her, and they're burning sage and other things. And man, he says horrible things. He refers to this girl as a slut. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we learn it when he says, "and do what Doctor Thomas tells you."
1: Yeah, yeah, and this, and you know, ugh. <laughs> but I like, the, and I like that panel—the overhead shot where he's got all the um, the occult trappings. You know, the circle and the markings and the candles and everything, the skulls
0: yeah he's he's a creepy doctor he is he is a super creepy doctor and you know the the woman can hear the bells she keeps referring like the bells do you hear these bells and um so i think that's interesting that this like family line a particular lineage can hear these bells but on the following page thomas says yes yes the bells of barbados that's it and all those statues and paintings Darius and Mad Tony, the heroes of the revolution made, I stood in the circle with Jefferson when he raised bat-winged Barbados and drank the starry venom. The box is mine. So we know that he's like 150 years old here, I believe. Like we, we get out of this issue that he is, he has immortality. But as I was looking into this, I didn't, realize that there is a story called Batman Dark Knight, Dark City that was written by Peter Milligan uh, and Kieran Dwyer. And okay. let me see what year this came out. It was Peter Milligan, so it can't have been super long ago. Another Brit. <laughs> another Brit, yeah. But in that story, um, it's the storyline uh, with cover illustrations by Mark McNola, which is important. But it's ultimately... 1765 a group of occultists jack stockman and thomas jefferson perform a ceremony called the ceremony of the bat and they raise a demon called barbathos b-a-r-b-a-t-h-o-s and in doing so and i even think it has uh might have an elder of the waynes in it but i don't know that it does but anyway i didn't realize that like morrison is taking this storyline that happened by, you know, another Brit writer in continuity and and sort of retconning it and making it fit within this, which it just blew me away. Like, you know, Dr. Hurt is now known to be one of those occultists. Um, The one that remains is that, yeah, so there's a, the, the occultists are arguing as they're trying to raise this bat devil and they flee in terror when Barbados arrives. Five of them escape and nail the door closed. But the one that remains is Thomas Wayne, the black sheep of the Wayne family. And it goes on to explain some other things that spoil some later stuff of the run that I don't want to get into yet. But I just I that is so salient. Like it is Thomas Wayne was an ancestor tied with Thomas Jefferson having these occultist overtones. They did raise Barbathos, the the bat that we've been seeing in this that's talked about, and they drink of the blood, and that's what has made Thomas Wayne eternal. Like just that is that's the deal with the devil, you know, that it's continued to talk about.
1: (laughs) That, that is, that is incredible though. Though, do we know if, if he's actually immortal or just very long lived? Absolutely. I don't know if it's immortal or long lived, but if he's immortal or even long lived, it would be interesting if he showed up again, like in sometime in current continuity.
0: Well, yeah, and I think trying to create a timeline for this particular issue is interesting. Um, and somebody wrote that the Monsieur Savage line referring to Napoleon, um, who's apparently recovering from the 67 years later of getting stiffed by Bonaparte, the Napoleon references threw off my estimation of this issue setting in time a bunch. I figured it was fairly recently after 1820 or 1830, but Hex's entire uh, is tied to the Civil War, so this has to be more like 1870 yeah. or 1880. So I now, those aren't my thoughts, but I, I was like, probably Roman knows more about time frames than I do. That well, that's what I was thinking. That this must be in the 1870s or maybe
1: 1880s, because yeah, mm-hmm. Hex is a Civil War veteran on the on the Confederate side, um, and yeah, if uh, old Doctor Thomas here was hanging out with Jefferson, I mean, that was Jefferson was prominent, I think, in the 18. 20s 30s was his kind of his heyday okay so yeah and and of course i'm not i'm not sure when the whole napoleonic wars and everything that happened but
0: yeah I, i was thinking it was 1870s so so then that puts dr hurt if he was around jefferson in like the 20s or 30s that puts him around you know 150 175 in the batman story as it's happening if, if yeah. it's so yeah immortal or long live a good question i don't know um who would just that? what's that please i didn't have a
1: chance to look up i don't know who darius and mad tony um who that i mean that must refer to real real life heroes of the american revolution but i didn't have a chance to look that up
0: <laughs> yeah um anthony wayne was the 18th century ancestor of bruce wayne Anthony learned, earned the nickname Mad for charging British redcoats oh. with a Madden bull. Like his descendant, Anthony worked alongside a sidekick and partner named Robbie Douglas. At one point during the war, Batman traveled back in time and met Anthony Wayne, discovering that the two of them were nearly identical. Oh. So Mad Tony actually a Wayne uh, relative.
1: Oh, cool. But I the w- character
0: w- is a fictional representation of of a real person.
1: That's what I was wondering, because it seems like you know rushing into battle on a ball that seem that's so crazy and wild <laughs> it specific. must be based on something real
0: <laughs> yeah um so yeah you know i bet chris our friend chris murphy uh could know a little bit more about that but yeah so i'm not sure anything about the real real person it's based on but you're right uh good good pluck you're able to know exactly when when things seem to be real so thomas wayne feeling that people are coming in uh he shoots well, so the girl's eyes like go all black, and she starts talking about Grandpa Jerome. Oh yeah, she mentions
1: Grandpa Jerome, which
0: is that the the Dutch artist yeah. family. Yeah. Yep. So she's tied into that family, which is why she has the box. Then Midnight Horse says, "Old Gambler, you've gambled your last bet," and that's when Doctor Hurt Thomas Wayne shoots and kills him. So I guess you know, uh, that that's interesting, kind of furthering that idea of Thomas Wayne being the Black Glove. Mm. people felt like the the tie of him being a gambler and the black glove setting up the stakes of the gambling thing kind of you know implies that and i I agree with that
1: dominoes and everything Mm -hmm. Though i have to admit you know when i read that i was like oh midnight horse you don't fucking like warn somebody before
0: you're about to shoot (laughs) him. yeah just do it (laughs) yeah no you're totally right but after that, uh, Thomas gets out of the building with the girl who's just like looks wrecked. And he's all high on Satan juice, it looks like. But at that point, <laughs> we get uh, the Bat Rider shows up. And that's when shit starts popping off. And he starts taking down some of the bad guys, throwing smoke down um, inside this casino. He's beating up more and more bad guys as Savage and... Thomas Wayne and the girl whose name I forget, and I I apologize, um, start to make their escape on a horse-drawn carriage. And Batman, we see a cool shot of like bricks blowing up behind him, but he has the most (laughs) bat-looking sort of shot diving down onto this carriage as it goes forward. And uh he, you know, Thomas Wayne's saying, Open it, summon the everlasting day, open the damn box. You hear me? What I love is then Hex is chasing Bruce, who's chasing the carriage, and just like a classically Western scene. (laughs) And uh, at this point, we start tying into the narration of it. It's being written, looks like a journal entry in a different type of language than we've seen uh, so far. So we don't know exactly who's narrating this story, but as this sort of fight scene is going and Vandal Savage is, I've been quaffing opium tincture all night. I feel no pain. Like, he's just kind of lose in it which i also love the idea of vandal savage being this like kind of crazy drug addict
1: yeah yeah and and during this before the carriage chase and everything i think he realizes that the, that he's because he mentions like some damn bat like before but in, in a small font so i think he realizes then that oh i fought this guy before
0: yeah I, I did, sorry, to j- jump back a second. Uh, the event with Summoning Barbados occurred in Peter Milligan's Dark Knight, Dark City arc, and the Jeffersons referred to is American founding father Thomas Jefferson. The revolutionary war hero Darius Wayne, presumably Thomas's brother, is Bruce's direct ancestor, and Mad Tony is an actual historical figure revealed to be Bruce's ancestor as well in a completely insane World's Finest two-part Bob Canire written... Uh, oh, again. Yeah, yeah. 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 So wow. um, the historical for that, I know Chris Murphy knows that world's finest issue. So Chris, I'm looking at you, buddy. Huh? Wow. That's good. There's sure a lot of damn Wayne ancestors running around. Yeah. <laughs> all I times. Know. <laughs> and they don't seem to be super aware of one another, which is some no. of my confusion. It seems like Thomas Wayne or, you know, the Wayne that is a part of this family that we're about to meet, who is telling yeah. the narration of this, you'd think there would be some connection or affiliation or recognition. Yeah. In the same town. But yeah, nobody seems
1: to know any of the rest of the family
0: (laughs) so this line i had to read it several times i think just the language for it befuddled me me just not being super familiar with this older you know usage of english but across the black river lay not save those towering eruptions of monstrous phosphorescent abnormality that my father the judge had commissioned the architect Pinkney to construct as if in the image of a vast and eternal garden of broken headstones mocking all of our tomorrows like whoa evocative language and a yeah. big long sentence
1: <laughs> yeah that, that, and that was great too because that's a definitely a henry jamesian type of sentence okay it's just, it's just like a because he was famous for like you know long paragraphs that were only two sentences
0: <laughs> but you know that that is ultimately alan wayne talking about trying to kill himself on a bridge and just talking about how the wayne lineage you know and thus my resolution, our line, the line of Wayne, would forever be a house unfinished. Mm. Better to be unfinished than forever haunted. Super, super cool. Didn't really tie in who Alan Wayne was, with what family, and, you know, is he great-grandfather of Bruce? Like, on my first read-throughs of this. Yeah,
1: and, why, and I was wondering, well, why, why was he wanting to kill himself at this point?
0: Yeah, and I, you know, we have learned that the Wayne line has been cursed, uh By Annie and yeah. issue two, yeah, I don't know um, and
1: yeah, and I just love the fact that Bruce is though he certainly hasn't planned it in doing things like jumping on this carriage and and trying to stop Vandal Savage, he ends up like also continuing the lot- his own lineage.
0: Yeah. so eventually he
1: could become Batman and come back in time and continue his own
0: lineage yeah for sure and I wonder if there's other instances of that having happened in this but yeah I, I think my eternal or original re, run, read of this whole run really missed the connection between the painter's family and the box being passed down and the painter's family ultimately becoming the Wayne family and all of that familial lineage, lineage stuff is something that I really missed when I was just reading this originally hoping to Get to the solve the mystery, right? You know, mm-hmm. like it is. I think this whole thing benefits from you slowing down and breathing with it, and especially talking about it and looking for some other opinions about what's going on. In the next yeah. page, we get what I think gets really confusing is Thomas Wayne and Vandal Savage are drawn very similarly in the, the sort of final act of this issue.
1: Yeah, and a couple times um, the artists makes a mistake and forgets to put Vandal Savage's mutton chops on him. And that's makes it very confusing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I don't even know. Cause we, yeah, I, I think it juggles between being the both of them, but I do really like that when we get the scene of Vandal Savage looking at, you know, Bruce with the, the ancestor, the, the, the woman and Alan behind him, like he sees Alan and the woman as skull faces and then Bruce is this giant bat because he's in such an opium <laughs> daze. Yeah yeah that's awesome and uh, then we get a a batman versus jonah hex standoff there after he gives these pearls to uh the woman we also i just only noticed that uh we do have a shot of the pearl necklace that he gives her breaking as vandal savage attacks thomas wayne and i don't don't, don't see that right above the bat shot of like of bat. In the middle panel above that vandal attacks thomas and there's right around his head with his blood it looks like there's pearls falling oh oh yeah wow yeah for sure i didn't even see that earlier (laughs) um but it also yeah so i assume that's what that is Uh, worth noting that the woman uh opens the box by whistling she uses a tune to whistle it which in my mind kind of harkens back to like when Superman saves the world of final crisis or defeats oh, yeah. uh, Mandrake, he sings a perfect note, right? <laughs> because of the DC universe being built on the idea of harmonics and musical frequency and vibration. Yeah. I love the yeah. idea that the key is a tune.
1: Yeah. I really like that too. And I like the fact that midnight horse and Thomas Wayne, and even midnight horse who, who was the last one who could translate the Miyagani tribes, um, symbols and things of words he didn't know that either that it was that was how you open the
0: box right um and then jonah hex wins the draw you know the the shoot off which i i'm totally down with because jonah hex is good at a couple of things and that is one of them and uh (laughs) i don't have any problem with bruce falling into the water and then being transported to his next time not being accompanied by an eclipse and i wonder online people sort of attributed that as maybe an artist error but
1: i was yeah i was funny about that too i was actually flipping back through the pages looking for the eclipse
0: <laughs> yeah and then we get a several page sort of journal narration from alan wayne talking about ultimately falling in love with this woman um who i still feel bad about not um, looking up. Kathleen, thank you so much my mother's name uh, but Alan and Catherine get together. They build this house based on, you know, like the, the box is said to have a bat on it. And, you know, the person who it belongs to needs to come and reclaim it and, you know, needs to have a bat on it. So that's why he goes in to make the sort of Wayne Manor grounds to look like a bat so that somebody would always be able to find it, which is another great thing. It is. Though I thought that, was, that kind of confused me
1: because um, when Alan Wayne is writing... He says, concerning this item, the casket, the box, Catherine had one final request. Keep it safe and mark it with a bat. He must return. Well, yeah, but in previous issues and all in this issue, in all the panels beforehand, when we've seen the casket, it already has a bat on it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of thought, that seemed seemed like a little mistake to me.
0: Yeah, a mistake, or I wonder if, you know, she's saying, like, make a bat signal even larger. Like, make sure, like, this box has a bat, but put, you know, if we're going to hide the box, make sure we put... A giant bat over it or something like oh or maybe yeah and maybe to extend that
1: what you just said yeah actually in his next entry he's talking about how he designed wayne manor in the shape of a bat so maybe it's and that's how that makes sense yeah it's an extension of her final wish
0: right and alfred i think the the way that dick goes underground is because alfred's like well i drew these lines down from the garden paths and it looks like a giant bat which means that you could find these paths and that's where he ultimately goes to find the box. So in doing so, like marking it with the bat, it still allows it to be found by the people who need it. (laughs) I just happened to glance at the top of that same page.
1: Um, And I don't know if this was shown before, but the boat that, that um, from Gotham to Liverpool, it's called the SS Orion.
0: Uh. Dark side (laughs) reference, new gods. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now this. And now this. Of course, Thomas leaves on the SS Orion just to continue that little motif. A few people have pointed out that uh, on a message board called Something Awful that this is almost definitely a clue that Hurt goes off to become Jack the Ripper, which is A, a Great More reference, and B, a nod to the classic Gotham by Gaslight. Hmm. Is, Is Liverpool, Whitechapel, is that an area within Liverpool?
1: No, Whitechapel's in London. Okay,
0: so... Maybe it's an implication that, that he goes off to become uh, Jack the yeah. Ripper, which I love that idea, but it doesn't seem overtly that to me, like some people no. have pointed out. Yeah, I don't think so. And I don't remember. I can never remember what
1: what year that the Jack the Ripper murders happened, if that fits in time-wise. But yeah, Liverpool is north of London.
0: <laughs> Also, while Dr. Hurt, while well, Thomas Wayne is next to Vandal, Vandal Savage, Vandal does say earlier in the issue something to the effect of we need to go to we need to go to Mexico. We'll build uh, a new empire and bring down this infant America, which is what Dr. Hurt does. Like the El Penitente stuff is a yeah. Mexican you know, place where he's gone to do this cartel stuff. and So it seems like that idea got in Thomas's head and he went and did it. So yeah, I like to see Thomas Wayne almost a second fiddle to Vandal Savage in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. really like the secret history of the Bat, you know, the, the Wayne Manor that really has been going through all these issues. And, and then we go to what looks like 1930s Gotham with lots of live nude signs and neon signs. Could those have existed in the 30s? What era do you think this is?
1: Uh, boy, uh, yeah, because all this... Yeah, it's weird cuz that tower in the background, the gargoyles, of course there's always gargoyles in Gotham, but that tower looks like 1800s or or I not mean, sorry, 1900s or the 30s, but yeah, all the neon and everything and all the it's all that looks more like I don't know the 50s or 60s, I guess maybe the 40s. You can't really tell by the cars. The cars are they don't aren't distinctive enough to tell the style. I don't know. I think older than the thirties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More just, recent than the thirties. I mean,
0: yeah. And that makes sense to me, but he shows up kind of shot by Jonah Hex with a book. I wonder if that book is supposed to be the box. Um, maybe it's, yeah. maybe it's the journal. Yeah. Cause he doesn't have the box. They have the box at that point. So he's yeah. just got a books or a journal, but, and he gets shot and we're going to see what happens in that time frame next. But yeah, I mean, just a, an issue that was way more rooted in the family lineage, way more rooted in this I mean the sea c- learning that Peter Milligan had written that story, Dark Knight, Dark City, and it's been collected, it says, you can you can find it. Um it's been reprinted in two collections, DC Comics Present and alongside Milligan's run in Detective Comics 629 to 633. Um Anyway, you should track that down. I want to find a copy of it because I'm super interested to see so much of the answers to Thomas Wayne and Thomas Jefferson and the ties of his, you know, satanic rituals. So electrified to hear that it is a part of the continuity that Grant Morrison like brought into it. It's not a new Morrison idea. Even the idea that barbathos is a word uh, existed before him really excites me.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really cool because I can only imagine that when Morrison was picking up that story and incorporating it into his story that i just it i'm amused with the idea that he thought well barbathos that's a pretty cool name but you know barbatos let's make it really more more bat
0: oriented yeah that. <laughs> yeah um so anyway that's the end of that one uh i want to get one quick uh email in uh will elmer wrote hey bat fam I loved Andrew's idea from last week to try and sum up each of the three omnibus volumes into one word descriptions. Here are mine. (laughs) Volume one, preparation. Volume two, perspiration. Volume three, proliferation. If more people send in their submissions, do you think we can compile them all together and get Django to turn them into one of his chants? Turn up. Love (laughs) you guys. Awesome. Thank you, Will. I love that idea. If you're listening to this and you don't know what that chant reference is about um, on the Perfectly Accessible podcast that we also are party to and has a ro- rotating fourth member on, um, Django chants a lot, and it fucking drives me crazy. Yeah, uh, it's an amusing idea, Will, but we try not to encourage, encourage Django's chanting. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, Roman, did you have any other thoughts before we get out of here and come back on Friday for... Uh, Batman and Robin number fourteen. Um, I don't think so.
1: But I do think it was pretty careless of Jonah Hex. The last time we see him riding into the sunset, that uh, he's a uh, he hasn't secured his his saddlebag with the gold in it, and there's he's leaving a like trail of falling gold bricks behind him. That seems pretty careless for a, a guy in his position, you know, surviving on his wits.
0: Um. Is it like a cursed gold? Is there... I don't know if there's a
1: curse on the gold. I mean, it came from
0: some savage.
1: And, and I think he it's, said it's, it's from Bonaparte's gold. gold.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I just Googled Bonaparte's cursed gold and the curse of the ship of gold. Um, yeah, illustration by be. Union. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. You'd think he would be better at securing the gold unless he just sort of doesn't feel good about what happened and doesn't really want it. But that doesn't sound like him. I
1: like like the fact he has one of these rudimentary uh, batarangs because throughout this issue I was was trying to think of the times like in Brave and Bold through various time travel stories and things like that that Jonah Hex and Batman have met. And I was like, and maybe Chris Murphy could answer this for us. I was wondering if Jonah is this before the other times he met Batman? Does he remember those
0: times? <laughs> I agree. I had those thoughts of like, when have they crossed and does he have an eking uh, familiarity with the character? Um, yeah, so good. So awesome. Another just like a very sincere thank you to everyone who is supporting this thing. And I feel really, really grateful. Like I said, we've been doing it either way, but to have other people who are enjoying it and contributing is so awesome. And uh, we got some more emails that we're going to read next time. We should have Justin on for Friday's episode. And, you know, that's the thing. It's been crazy. The comic shops, you know, back doing so much deliveries and comics are coming out and Roman's gone back to his other job at the museum, as well as the shop. And Justin's going back to school. So we want to plan with the idea of maybe going down to two episodes a week after we start the, the third arc of it, um, because I think we might be able to get Justin uh, on board for a higher hit rate of episodes if we're doing them a little bit more frequently since he's doing school and we have a little more time. Just ideas we're playing with. But um, yeah, excited to get some emails next time. Batman and Robin number 14. Roman, have a good fucking day. It's fall out there. Oh,
1: thanks, Jeff. You have a good day. T- yeah, I, it's a shame that we both have to go to work because yeah. it's a beautiful day.
0: <laughs> it's a beautiful day, but I'm already a couple minutes late. So we'll oh, see all okay. of you guys next time. <laughs> On behalf of Roman, I'm Jeff. This is Batman in Quarantine 47, and we'll see you all soon. Thanks, folks.